When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. Somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Smart Strong features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back, the smart pain. Hello, good morning, and welcome back to the Smart Strong Podcast with me, Ben James, and my good friend and co-host, Jacob Stain. Today, we're talking further about movement resilience, and what exactly is movement resilience? How do we start with movement resilience, and how do we make strides towards better movement overall? So, Jacob, what are the foundational components to consider when we're looking at movement resilience? What should people be thinking about? I think the foundation and in other words the first things we have to think about is uh, removing pain triggers yeah we, we need to we need to think about not jumping straight into a training program but first fixing the daily routine so I think uh, an awareness of what is causing me pain what is making it worse what's standing in the way of me getting better so looking at that daily routine from the morning to evening, I think that would be the foundation to consider first. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you that you say that because this is something that I, I would discuss with patients, friends, family in terms of those um, the, the kind of daily routine. How many people do you think honestly get advice from therapists about the daily things they're doing and the habits throughout the day? And how many people are actually tapped into what they do outside of the doctor's office, shall we say? Do you know what I mean? Because there must yeah, be a lot of patients not... that are going in, seeing somebody, getting a getting a passive treatment, whether that be massage, whether that be adjustments. Or pain medication. Or pain medication. And then they leave that office and they go back to doing what they normally do, which are likely the things that are causing the problem in the first place. Yeah, and, and basically hoping for the best. Yes. No, I, I, I think not many people are actually getting any advice for for what they've got to do at home and you know with their daily routine or even being asked about what they're doing at home no so I think that yeah I think that's a big missing link and so what are some of these things that, that people could be considering straight away so they've they're listening in they've got back pain what are some of the key things that they could be doing in terms of this? I guess baseline. This is our starting point. Are we saying right? Let's let's reflect on the things you're doing daily, and and that includes exercise at the gym. You know, for a, for a time, are we saying stop doing your exercise? And these are the five or six things that you need to consider all day, every day. So I think starting off with looking at the morning, it's it's all about what you do in the first thirty, forty five minutes. So instead of getting up and, and triggering that back pain, you want to try and stay upright, as we've mentioned before. You want to stay upright until the discs are a little bit uh, less under pressure. So it enables you to, to move more through the spine, so you, you increase the mobility through the spine. And that's going to make it easier after that initial 45 minutes to, for example, tie your shoelaces or you know, picking up your... your, your uh, your suitcase from the ground or taking a seat and you know going closer to the ground 
I think that's an important thing. Um, you wanted five teams, Benny. Uh, so, well, not necessarily five, but I guess the, the, you know, are there a set few things or key things people should be doing? Because we've talked a lot about bracing and we've talked a lot about hip hinge throughout the series of podcasts so far. So we know that we want to avoid sitting uh, or kind of get jumping in the car within the first half an hour. And then, you know, we've talked about how walking is beneficial yeah. and it helps keep us upright. But also, you know, if we're if we're doing it properly and we're being focused, it helps us to activate those glutes, for example, and really kind of start to try and extend at the hip and try and engage that hip and use that large joint we've discussed previously to start powering some movement rather than twisting and moving through the back. Yeah, so that, that's, that would be the second thing, actually going for a walk. And if you have to get up earlier in the morning, then that's what you got to do. Go mm-hmm. for a 15-minute walk. Like you, you've mentioned a few things that walking benefits, but also a main thing that it does is it actually pumps away the swelling in the low back. If there's any residual swelling when you wake up, then walking will pump that away. And it'll also turn on the small muscles along the spine, so it'll actually give you more stability. Yes, and and we're saying walking's healthy. It's beneficial. If you if you're in serious pain at the moment and you start to walk and you get discomfort, then people should stop. It's all about small progressions. It's all exactly. trying to build up, build up that endurance. Exactly. And if if you're if you've really got a lot of pain, then we mentioned relaxation techniques. Mm-hmm. You can also do that even before you go to work in the morning. Ideally, it's something you do throughout the day. But, for example, lying flat on the tummy on, a, on the floor, uh, we mentioned this in the previous podcast, actually trying to find the, the neutral in the low back. You might have to use a towel, fold it up underneath the belly. But then taking the pressure off the spine, that's another very good way of relieving that, that continuous chronic pain. So people could do that as a kind of daily exercise. They've got up, they've stood up, they've got out of bed safely, and they could be incorporating that that relaxation exercise first thing in the morning. Whether they're in pain or whether they're not, this wouldn't be a bad habit to get into in order to take away some of that pressure in the low back. Absolutely. It's a a great habit. And people do it all over the world, especially in third world countries, where in the afternoon after lunch, they'd be lying on the grass for an hour sleeping and get up after that, continue working or doing whatever they do. But that's actually a moment of recovery, healing, uh, the discs drawing up fluid, uh, all the muscles relaxing. So it's, it's a great technique. Yeah. And so people are maybe doing the relaxation exercise, definitely taking a walk within, within their own individual tolerances at that specific moment in time. And then is there anything, let's say before we go to work, you know, maybe some people are walking to work and that's where they're getting their, uh, their walking exercise, shall we say, for, for their um, back health. Let's say before we've left for work, could we be doing anything else? We've talked about the hip hinge. Would it be a good time in the morning to be practicing that exercise, do you think? Or is it very much dependent on the individual and their pressures as well? You know, we don't necessarily have to follow a set order for for certain exercises and routines. I think for most people, using the hip hinge, you know, doing a, 
doing a box squat, for example, or the short stop squat, you know, halfway squatting to the floor while bracing, while gripping the legs and letting your hand slide to the knee. These are great techniques to, to get the, the body to loosen up and to get the brain to communicate to the right muscles just to initiate that stability we need throughout the day in the core. So, you know, using this, for example, if you want to do a box squat, you know, 10 times off a chair or a bench. Uh, and the, the, other, the other place where you can incorporate this is actually when you brush your teeth, of course. Yes. And making sure that you take the load off the spine and give it to the glutes and the hamstrings so you, you incorporate that hip hinge we talked about. Mm. The great, great ways to try and stay away from the, from the pain triggers in the morning is where the most vulnerable in the morning of the increased pressure disc pressure in the spine yeah yeah and uh, i mean one thing i would say is you know you mentioned about getting up earlier and, and i find that and this is with you know with regards to anything really in life anything we want to try and achieve or um, you know try and take action on setting a little bit more time in the morning getting up maybe half an hour earlier is really quite a, a beneficial way of approaching you know your back health particularly if you've got an issue you know taking that time to uh, focus on those movements focus on that relaxation have a time have a little bit of time to to take a walk and you know start your day and start your your, your back routine for the day in a in a healthy way if you do, if you can develop that habit then it's much more likely to become something subconsciously that you just do every day whereas if you leave it often work and life takes over and then you get home and you're home later than you expected and then all of a sudden you know you're you're, you're not doing these exercises and you're not doing what you need to do to help your own back because there is absolutely a requirement from the individual you know to to take ownership so i think everybody listening try and for the next week couple of weeks set your alarm half an hour earlier and just take that time to to do some of these things focus on some of these things and develop those habits because it will absolutely have an impact in the long yeah. run no doubt absolutely it's, it's all about that preparation isn't it yeah yeah and during the day we've we've talked about relaxation exercises if someone's working at home it's very easy to lie on their their tummy and get that relaxation exercise you know, going out for a brief walk. You know, when someone's at work in an office, is the advice to say, well, look, you know, you've got to speak to maybe HR, occupational health, depending on the size of your company, and say, well, you need to find somewhere where you can do this. You know, at least in the short term when you're really experiencing an acute bout of back pain. You know, we've got to do what we've got to do to try and give ourselves the best opportunity to recover, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what I also advise my patients. Is even before you're at the stage that it's that bad, that you can't yeah. do anything anymore, is have a discussion with uh, the well, with the, the superior around, or like you say, maybe to HR if it's the path you have to go, and free up the space to either do your tummy lying throughout the day at work multiple times. And maybe do a couple of bird dogs or exercises that helps that that stability factor. But it's it's really needed if you want to not get to the point where it's too late and then you're home for a few weeks. 
and that's what we're trying to avoid so exactly so, and, and uh, there's an argument to say well look you know you have that conversation with work because ultimately if they're not supporting you before you've got a problem then there's there's a chance that you might certainly if you're doing manual work and uh and you rely on you know physically moving and and physical exertion during the day then you could be off work and that's going to cost them money so there's always it's always trying to position it and uh and sell it i suppose into the company but it is something that 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 should be considered because actually you know you're you're proactively trying to prevent your need to have time off work so you would hope that in 2019 a lot of companies would support you know would support what you need to do yes yeah and there's another technique that for office workers i'm sure we've discussed previously but it's a good opportunity to talk again is the um, kind of brugger relief position you know from yeah. if you particularly if you're sitting in a chair you know that's something that will we'll share in the show notes because it's a very simple um, relaxation movement exercise that you can be doing, particularly if you're office-based. And if you can get that into your daily habit every 30 minutes an hour, again, form those daily habits, form those patterns, then that as well will just help you to rethink, reset that posture, give you back a break, and then you can go again and continue working. And it it takes, you know, 30 seconds maximum. It really shouldn't be a problem with everyone doing doing that exercise. So make sure you look in the show notes, and we'll have um, we'll have a link to that for you to follow. So let's say Jacob, we're we're moving out of pain. We're developing these habits, and these habits are things that we want people to develop for the long term. You know, we're not just talking do it while you're in back pain, yeah. do it for a short period yeah. of time. I'm trying to get into the process of doing this, you know, forevermore. Um, but then, where do we start in terms of progression? And starting to develop um, some muscular endurance in the core muscles that we've introduced before, the chest, the lats, the abdominal, anterior abdominal wall, the posterior group of muscles. Where do we start there? Do we need, do people need equipment? Do they need a gym? What can they be doing at uh, home? No, they absolutely not need a gym. They they need a floor mat. And if, when you advance a little bit, maybe you need a gym ball. And... Uh, I would say, you know, the key areas we want to focus on is mainly the core. So between the shoulder blades and the hips. And we definitely want to do some glute and hamstrings exercises. And some level of shoulder girdle. In other words, where the shoulders are working in combination with the core exercises. Because mm-hmm. if, if we can cover those bases, we can, we can not only, we don't only develop strength around you know uh, at the at the at the uh, at the low back but we're also developing strength from the shoulder all the way to the glutes and that's what we need we want those three areas if we can separate them to work together when we are picking stuff up or when we are getting into a car or when we're making uh unpredicted movements or movements where we're out of alignment yeah and is there are there any key exercises that you always start with? Do you always start with your one, two, three exercises, or is it very much dependent on the individual? Do you find? Well, yeah, there are definitely some exercises you always, almost always start with, depending on whether the person's able to to do them. If they have a knee injury, they're going to struggle to go onto their hands and knees, for example. If mm-hmm. 
they have, um, for some reason, there's a difficulty lying on their back and doing the glute bridge, so thrusting the hips up, um, which is unlikely, but maybe there's something up with the upper back, then they won't be able to do it. Or, you know, if um, if they have excruciating radiation from the low back down the leg, then doing a glute clam, trying to work on the on the on the on the buttock muscles on the side, then maybe that might irritate the nerve radiating down the leg. So then, you know, you'll ease off and you won't start with those straight away. Generally, within a few weeks, then you can go to, to, to do all these exercises. But I think the main ones would be bird dog, so on the hands and knees, Yeah. Uh, you know, which is a very gentle low back core anti-rotation uh, exercise. Of course, you can make it very difficult, but we start with it uh, pretty, pretty easy. And I think the second one that's very good is the glute bridge. So lying on the back and pulling the feet up and thrusting the hips up. I have to I have to say that it's not as simple as that. These exercises have small uh, little pointers where you have to make sure that you're doing it correct. And yeah. you can't just you can't just push the hips up and and generally what happens is pulling the low back hollow. So you're not actually doing anything with the glutes, but you're doing everything with the low back muscles. That's not what we want. No, I was going to say the the focus is very much on um, you know not kind of powering through exercises and saying to yourself, yeah, I've done my exercises. It's very much about form, slow, steady, and very much thought through movements, which. Uh, you know, you need a you need a bit of advice on in terms of how you're performing those exercises correctly, because you know a lot of this is about glute activation, getting those big muscles in the buttock firing again because they're so supportive um, for the low back, and so you know it is all about quality rather than quantity of movement. Yeah, and you know something I have to mention is that usually with the with with my patients this you give them exercises and almost always at the second appointment after giving him the giving them those exercises you have to correct the exercises this generally uh people have their own idea or they you know they change it a little bit and so you just have to lay the emphasis back on okay no we need to we need to focus on changing the movement a little bit over here and you got to put a little bit more pressure through the thumb pushing onto the ground so we can activate the lat you know whatever it is um i think you you need to make sure you're doing it correctly yeah and i suppose with that in mind you know we've got a lot of videos obviously the 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 program online what are some things that people can do themselves to be i guess trying to be conscious of that movement Um, if they're not in the position necessarily to and get that one-to-one advice or they're not confident in the person we've discussed this before and they're not confident enough in the therapist that they're going to direct them because I think this is one of the big challenges you know when we talk about a movement-based approach to to rehabilitation there are very few people out there that are giving the level of advice that we would want to see and to ensure that people are doing doing things properly so is there anything that you you can advise for the individual obviously you know referring to the videos and things but in terms of their own self-reflection and evaluation I guess or is that something that is just difficult and it's something that is just going to require practice over time well 
it's always good to, as a first step, have someone showing you whether you know you have online guidance like what we're, we're that we're offering, yeah. or if you have a uh, a one-on-one session with somebody. Best the best starting point is always to have somebody to tell you you're doing it correctly, you know, because they're seeing from a distance what you're doing. Yeah. The the second thing you have to try and do is to make sure you focus on those key points of the movement you know you have to you have to try and maybe sometimes you need to use a mirror to mm-hmm. see what you're actually doing that's a very good thing to do uh, and then you got to you know some people are a little bit more t- switched on when it comes to this fact you got to try and feel the movement you know if if we're training an isolated glute exercise then you got to well f- at least feel the glutes in some cases you won't feel it in the beginning because you you might be compensating trying to use a different muscle if you haven't been using the glutes for a while. But you gotta eventually and, and quite quickly feel the muscle that you're training. Or you gotta if it's a complex movement standing on the feet doing a hip hinge, you gotta feel the things that are being mentioned and you're being told to do. You gotta feel that in your body. I mean that's at least the goal. Yes, yeah, and it's it, again, it's back to that kind of education awareness. Once you start to feel um, some of the movement and uh, and uh, some of these muscles in action, then you develop those patterns and you develop that um, that knowledge and understanding to be able to be far more focused and and efficient. I guess. And another thing, I know you mentioned the mirror. You know, we live in a world of of smartphones now. You know, it. If you are following some of the videos that that we have online, maybe one of the the programs ultimately, then you know when you're performing one of these key exercises, have somebody just take a quick video with your smartphone, for example, so you can just compare to some of the guidance that we have out there. Because again, that's just about self-reflection and and putting in the the work required to form these exercises correctly which ultimately undoubtedly will help your core and help help your rehabilitation yeah and I, I want to add to that and i want to say that these the exercises we do you have to see it as layers you know we always start with the base we want to get certain muscles activated we want the brain to communicate to these muscles and then we want to start building strength and then the exercise gets more complex and eventually if you would, for example, look at a high-level athlete, the movement that they perform is something that's developed over time. Maybe they developed the movement as a, as a child, you know, from very early stages. But because they did, you'd have a layer of development on top of another layer, on top of another layer. And so eventually you get this incredibly high-quality movement, very protective of joints and you know, or in their case, maybe uh, serving their goal. But it's yeah. something you have to keep in mind. So if you if you want to get to walking properly again, you know, you want, for example, to fix the core and, and, and thrust through the glutes and, uh, and, and, and feel strong and understand that you have a good walking technique, then it's going to require those very basic exercises we start with when we activate the glutes, for example. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, people think, oh, athletes and layers, and but, you know, it's all about progression, and there's absolutely the opportunity to really develop that 
that muscle control, that muscle endurance, ultimate, ultimately that you know that muscle strength and the and the capability to to be able to do so much more. So it's it's a journey. It's not a quick fix. This isn't a you know kind of a a get out of pain quick um, system, shall we say? It it does take time. It takes effort, but it absolutely works. But it's about forming those habits and those baselines first, and then and then like you say, layering up and pro- and progressing. Yeah. from there yeah. and I suppose with that in mind you know someone right at the beginning that is starting to do some of these exercises that, that we recommend you know how often are we saying that, that people should be doing exercises and, um, and and performing these kind of exercise routines yeah so it just depends on where you are in your rehabilitation program but if you if you start out and you have a fair bit of pain and you're very limited in the intensity of your exercises. So we, we start with very low level intensity exercises. Then the idea is to do them every day. Yep. And we wanna, we wanna do a fair amount of repetitions. So, you know, for example, the glute bridge, maybe you do uh, five second holds and you do four sets of five every day. So it's a very low level intensity exercise you know, eventually, when you progress in the rehab, the rehabilitation of your injury, and the pain gets less, you can do more, then we want to progress to higher intensity, not very high, but we want to take gradual steps. And then we make the exercise a little bit more difficult, and we decrease the repetitions, or we go to doing it every second day. So we have a resting day. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and I guess if people are, a lot of these exercises, they're, they're very much about keeping that back in neutral, um, very, um, shall we say, spine saving, for want of a better term. If, if these movements or any of these exercises are causing pain, are we saying stop them or are we saying you're probably doing something wrong? What do you think is the most common thing that you, you find? Yeah, so we have to distinguish between pain real pain and a little bit of little bit of discomfort so as in kind of muscular ache muscular ache or if it's been very stiff and people have been locked up for a while you know getting movement through that joint again maybe there's some swelling um we have to be very clear on this because we do not want to push through pain no but we want we have to understand that sometimes you have to you know, maybe you know if it's been there for a little while, it's been chronic. Then you have to, you have to get, you have to take small steps to get through the discomfort. Yeah, and you've got to kind of build up that that tolerance without, like you say, pushing through pain. Exactly. Yeah. So, and and if it let let's say it's really painful, you're experiencing some real discomfort, then the exercise is most likely not right for you at that point. Then you have to. You have to diverge to something else and, you know, work around the painful movement and eventually we get back to that. Yes. Yeah. And I suppose the the next natural question there is, you know, what are some of the common mistakes that you see? You know, I, I think, you know, from my point of view, it's often people, it, it's it's that kind of motivation that people just want to push through and kind of convince themselves they've done exercises rather than focusing on the, the quality and the importance of them. 
Do you find the same thing in terms of you know, some of the common mistakes that that you see? Yeah, I yes. I think it usually takes people a little while before they really get into it, and you know, I, I usually check we we check the exercises over and over and over, and I lay the emphasis on look, you know, take your time, feel what you're doing. There's you know, there's no need to rush. If you don't have a lot of time, then just do less, but make sure the quality is really good. Because if you do the bird dog, for example, and you're just sticking your leg out back uh, and your hips are swinging to the side, then we're not actually, we're not training the brain here. We're not building that first layer. So then, you know, I'll get them back to, okay, let's focus. Let's set the posture, really lock up the, the core, and now just focus on isolating that movement through the hip. No movement in the in the pelvis so no no shifting of the pelvis you know so just making them aware like you say that it's not just getting through the routine it's taking time feeling it focusing on the quality because we got to prepare you for the next step absolutely yeah and i think again it's back to that education it's back to that you know almost selling in this concept to them to a degree because i think a lot of people you know as we said before they they kind of have this expectation that they they have back pain or they might experience back pain go and see the doctor first expect maybe some pills or a kind of a miracle cure shall we say maybe then go see a physio again expect them to do something actively with them massage ultrasound all these different modalities that people are, are probably aware of and then they they kind of leave that that treatment room and expect not to have to do anything themselves and unfortunately if you're really going to develop that resilience, you have to buy into the fact that a movement-based approach and developing that core, starting with an understanding of how it moves and moving well, and then building in the endurance is is absolutely important if you're going to resist back pain over the longer term. So I think, you know, like you say, we've got to really focus on the quality of these movements once you've bought into this this concept, because it evidence shows that it is absolutely the right way to go and it does take time on the part of the patient uh, in terms of you know that investment of time to do this well to do this consistently um, and to to focus on your uh, your back health and the progression of your back health over the longer term because that's really what we should all be striving to achieve if we want to look after ourselves there's got to be an onus on ourselves to you know to to put that time in and put that effort in if we truly want to get out of pain and we truly want to get back to those activities that that we love and um you know that does take take time and it and it takes um and it takes patience i think it's fair to say yeah yeah awesome well i think you know, it's a natural close there in terms of, you know, what people need to be considering, some of the things that they can be doing, uh, certainly at the at the initial stages of, of rehabilitation. Form those habits, take action, take small steps, focus on quality, not quantity. And then in time, you'll start to, to get a much better idea of how your, your body moves and how... Uh, you can control it and as we progress through we can start to build much more resili resilience and 
that's the focus of the next podcast is building up the resilience. What are the next steps and what are the uh, movement patterns that we've established to allow us to take take that next step and get to that next level? So listen in again for the, for the next podcast within this series as we start to focus on the progression and how you start to build that endurance and build that that strength. As always, take a look on the show notes Follow some of the links for some of the activities that we advise in the podcast and take a look over the website. There's a lot of valuable resources that we're going to continually add to that will will help you on your journey, help you to understand some of these exercises. And as always, take the time to head over to iTunes, give us a rating. It just helps us get the message out there, helps us share the podcast with other people that, that could benefit from this information, could benefit from an active-based um, approach to back rehabilitation, which which we're passionate about and we know we're going to help a lot of people. So Jacob, thanks again. And we'll speak again soon when we're talking about next steps to building movement resilience. Mm -hmm.